Welcome back to the latest edition of Copites, where we're joined by Davin Engineer, who's the CEO and founder of Tech7, which is an exciting startup in the sports tech sector based out of Cambridge and the London area. Davin has over decades worth of experience in technology product development. Welcome, Bavin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So listen, looking forward to this, Bavin. We always kick off. And if you can give us an overview of your journey so far and talk us through how Tech7 came about. Yeah, sure. So for those who don't know, um, Tech7 is a uh, a company that's developing youth football data analytics uh, using smart training. The concept was actually generated by myself. So I'm a co-founder, but I was the chief ideator of the concept. Uh, and I'm the chief exec of the business. Basically, I come from a design background. I used to lecture in that at Cranfield University. And I applied those principles um, and that approach to my understanding of football coaching. So uh, a while back, I took a, a, a football coaching qualification and I understood and empathized of all the needs and the pain points uh, that a coach faces uh, when they're training 10, 15 young children uh, within an hour and what they have to do uh, on a football pitch with a lot of balls flying around. It's very tricky because obviously there's a lot of subjective evaluation and what we're aiming to do is bring science and tech and evidence-based decision-making to the training pitch to eliminate unconscious bias and erroneous conclusions. So that's how the, the company came about. Brilliant. And your, your, your targeted market then, Bavin, is that looking at youth football in the States or what's your approach? So we're, we're based in the UK. So our immediate market, mainly for logistics perspective, is, is the UK and Europe. And obviously it helps that the European football market is a massive, massive uh, sector in terms, from a monetary perspective. Our secondary target market is in North America. It's, again, a massive market from a usability perspective. They eat up data analytics in, in sports, in every sport out there. And there's there's a lot of youth academy clubs in North America. There are primary targets for the media. Our mission and our goal is to propagate into areas where football is played a lot, particularly at youth level, and there's a lot of talent, but there's a lack of visibility. So South America, Africa and Asia, myself and the team, we're all from a BME background, and it's a real kind of driving ethos for us to be able to give opportunities to children from uh, lesser privileged backgrounds around the world to be able to be visible to the European market. Brilliant. Love that, Babin. And one thing we always delve into is what is your success influencer, i.e. what what makes you want to succeed and what changes are you trying to instigate? Sure. So when, when I look at the football tech or sports tech and data analytics landscape, the two companies that I, I see and I'm like, we want to become that, is one is called Catapult Group, which if, if you've ever seen players, they wear these vests and they have these wearable devices on them that measure their heart rate and their sprint speed and all that during a match. So they Catapult Group, uh, who are Australian, they are 
the leaders in that market. They got so big, they IPO'd so that they float on, on the Australian stock exchange. Huddle are a North American company. They haven't IPO'd, but they easily could. Again, hundreds of multi-million dollar company. They are focused on optical tracking and video analysis, which is the mo- one of the most established technologies in, in sports data analytics. So we we want to become that status, but for the youth football sector and and the youth football data analytics. So that's where I kind of hold the benchmark for us to reach. I I believe we're in a we're in a segment where we could really dominate that sector. If, you know, if we grow the way I want us to grow and and excel, then I want us to be synonymous with the words youth football and data analytics. From a personal vision, the key for us has always been bringing the future to the training pitch. And, you know, in my head, I want us, our football pitches to look like Tony Stark's garage, like the equivalent of, of, you know, of that. That's where we want to, where we want to be in the future. That's our ambitions. Brilliant, brilliant. That's exciting, Bavin. And Bavin, what, what would you say is the biggest challenge the industry as a whole currently faces? So it's it's an interesting sector, the football sector, uh, particularly in the UK. Um, for, for many years, for many decades, it has always been quite insular. And um, in order for the idea of science and progress, progression of science and, and, and data to be used within that sector there's been a resistance but now i think that has finally been broken through through and you can see that it's widely accepted and adopted um that data analytics is is a key part of continuous improvement and process and to be a successful operation but it's just the beginning and i think what we're going to find is there's going to be a big influx of quantity of data and different metrics and I think the real challenge is, or the real the real risk is paralysis by analysis. Coaches are not sports scientists necessarily, and they're not data scientists necessarily. But certainly not not data scientists. A lot of them. Um, and so, being able to pick out meaningful insights that have a large impact is going to be the key. That's the challenge. So I think with this increase in use, it's the getting rid of the inefficiency, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's keeping at the fundamentals that make sense and not overcomplicating it, which is sometimes a daily battle that I face, Fabian, <laughs> when it yeah. comes to my tech devices. And what would be the best advice that you could give to any aspiring engineers uh, in today's market who are perhaps contemplating in joining a startup like yourselves? Sure. So what I would say is, uh, first of all, don't do it for the money <laughs> because, or at least instantly don't do it for, for the instant gratification money. The, the idea is you get in early, but you don't get a lot of money, but you might get some ownership. And then if you see it through, that's where, you know, it's a, it's a medium to long-term reward based system, which means where is that gratification coming from elsewhere? And that really has to be about your mindset and your values. So in terms of mindset, I'd say lean into your discomfort. It's a really uncertain time in a startup, especially early days in their formation. 
you know, if you come from an established company, you're probably used to defined rules, procedures, sets, set working patterns. All that goes out the window. Uh, well, at least it tends to go out the window uh, in a startup because people are still figuring things out. So you have to have perseverance. You have to have resilience. You have to have patience. You have to be able to handle frustration. You have to deal with your own insecurities of whether you are able to execute or not. Embrace failure uh, and use that as a as a as a learning tool. And that is a lot easier said than done. <laughs> um, you, you know, uh, even even for me, you know, I would say that. That sounds great, but when you when you're in the middle of it, you don't, you don't feel that. So I think I think that the mindset is really important. I think you have to. I know growth mindset is banded around a lot, but it really is an opportunity to grow yourself and become a better a better you and have an influence on the company. You know, you get in early, you will be listened to. You're not one of a hundred or a thousand. You know. Um, you, you can have a real influence. And then, yeah, you have to have belief in the vision. So, you know, check your values. Do they align to what the company is trying to, trying to do? And I think that's a really, really powerful motivation. And it's, it's a tricky one. If you're a junior, that's a tricky one because you might still be trying to figure out what your values are. And they're, they're changing and they're molding, you know. So that would be my advice. That it's more of a psychological battle yeah it, it's the, the human skills i enjoy that uh, embrace failure and belief in the vision and i suppose that leads us up nicely to uh the next question um i know that you know you're currently hiring you know across software engineering H- how do you identify the most exceptional talent in the marketplace and what, what traits do you look for when hiring Sure. So I personally I, I always cringe a bit when I see adverts where they say we're looking for world-class this or that because I've been in, I'm probably most of your listeners, a lot of your listeners, you know, I've been in their position in the past and I know how that makes me feel. I don't walk around saying I'm world-class this and world-class that. (laughs) So I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for, do you have ability? Can you demonstrate you have ability? And more importantly, do you have the aptitude to be able to grow? and become a better engineer or a better whatever role I look to recruit for over a period of time. Can you grow with the company? Can you add to your skill set? Can you demonstrate that? Um, that, That's the the major thing. Uh, And I think we we all internally in the team, we we feel like that. We don't feel like we're exceptional talents. We think we're intelligent, but we don't feel we're exceptional, but we know that we can become better and make something of ourselves. So, and then aside from that, I've got a slightly different agenda to, you know, other stakeholders in the process. I'm looking to build a culture. So, you know, I, I am looking at how do you fit into that culture? Can you work with the team? Do you align to our values and our vision? Do you get it? I know that's a bit of a generic generic phrase but are you on our wavelength and and then how can I see you contributing to the culture going forward my mentors and advisors and people that would have to work with you um, would say that for them that's secondary and that the real key is your ability to execute so 
do, can you demonstrate solid design principles? Have you got good foundations and good best practices or, you know, best practices? Can you demonstrate that with examples of execution? And we look for both. You know, we're looking for, but I'm, you, you're not going to make me feel good and not be able to code well and get a position. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You have to, you have to, and vice versa. You might be an excellent programmer, but if you're a nightmare to, to manage and, and assimilate with the team, then that, you know, that's going to, that's not going to be any good for me either. So that they're the two kind of things that we're, we're looking for. And spraying what's the potential, um, which you, you look for. Like, listen, I, I think Tech 7 is a very exciting product with strong potential across the youth market. But what do you think that Tech 7 can offer that distinguished you from the competition? The benefit joining us, especially at this stage, is it's a very, very fertile space. There's a lot that can be done with the system and, and the data that we generate and we produce. So there's it, it's like a playground in that sense. So if you would join us at this stage, it's an excellent growth opportunity from the perspective of contributing to the company in all, in all manner of facets. So uh, technical decisions, operational decisions, cultural decisions, you really would be building and forming the company. And, and, you know, I am looking for people to be a part of this rather than just subservient to us, you know. So I think that's a big thing. I think uh, if, if you're really into data and data analytics and you, you saw the system and what it can do, I think you, you'd really salivate at the ideas that you could come up with and, and, and generate and, and bring to the table. So I think it, that that's our strongest kind of card is is the exploration of possibilities brilliant and Babin, if people want to learn more about yourself and tech seven what's the best way for them to, to get in touch check out our website it's uh, www.tech7 so that's t-e-k number seven dot co dot uk that's our website if you want to find out more about us you can find us if you search for us on linkedin again tech seven you can find me on linkedin it's Babin engineer Probably harder because my surname, you'll probably come up with a bunch of engineers <laughs> or Bavin. So find me through the Tech 7 LinkedIn page. And finally, our Insta is Tech 7 Official. So you can find this on that as well. Super. Bavin, listen, we'll, we'll link these to the, uh, the show notes. Um, sure. Bavin, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure in having this conversation with you. Thank you for coming on. No worries. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. 